Welcome back, Empty Nesters. It's been a little while. I was on a bit of a sabbatical, so if you subscribe and follow along, uh, you'll know that I had a little hiatus, but I want to share with all of you that I was able to go to a Christian podcast conference called Spark Media, and it was so wonderful. Listeners, there are so many Christian podcasts, and I just, before I dive into our guests today, we are so blessed to have some wonderful people today here. We have Kim and Mike Barnes that I'll introduce in a minute, and you are listening to the right podcast about parenting aging parents, but I just wanted to let all of you know to please find the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I. There are thousands of Christian podcasts that I did not even know about until I learned about them at the Spark Media Conference. It was such a blessing for me to go be around a lot of other podcasters. I got to meet many Christian podcasters and made some new friends. And, um, you know, one thing that was encouraging to me that I hope you'll see going forward is to entwine some scriptures from the Bible that are going to be um, so helpful as we talk about content. And some of those podcasters were doing a really good job with that. And for example, um, listeners, as we get ready to dive in, uh, my husband and I were talking about parenting aging parents on the way home yesterday. We were visiting um, his parents down in Waco, Texas, and we were talking about all the issues that are going to come up that Kim and Mike and, and I will talk about today and how important it is that we just do all things in love. That you know, we can, we can help and we can parent and we can do all these things uh, for our family. But if we do things and sound like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, as talked about in 1 Corinthians 13, we're just going to do a disservice. So as we talk about these things, I pray that you'll be thinking about a spirit of love. And so here we go. We have Kim and Mike, founders of Parenting Aging Parents. Welcome, you all. We're so glad you're here. We are so glad to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. And listeners, it was fun. Uh, we were talking before we started recording that we have a lot in common. Um, we have Kim's grandparents used to live in Tulsa, where I film in a studio here in an area of Gilcrease Hills. That's a really beautiful mm -hmm. area of Tulsa. So we have some commonalities there. And I told Mike, our family loves sports. And so, Mike, would you and Kim <laughs> please share about your, your TV careers? I think it's wonderful. Sure. I was a sportscaster for 30 years, uh, 29 here in Austin, Texas, and uh, Kim was a newscaster. I was a news anchor and reporter. And it's funny, I actually, my first job was in Waco. So I don't know if your in-laws, uh, how long they've been there, if they would have been there when I was there. It was a long time ago. Oh, that's and great. then I, yeah, so that was my first job. I was there for two and a half years. And then I was an anchor and reporter for 12 years in Austin after that. And when I left the newsroom, uh, a, a while back, I've continued to do some on-air work and corporate videos. And I actually just got to be uh, uh, in an HBO Max movie that's coming as a series that's coming out uh, in the summer, which is kind of fun, uh, just as a little as a little kind of one-off sort of fun thing to do. But you know, have been doing communication training and, and that kind of thing for the last uh, several years with Mike and doing helping people to be comfortable on camera and do media interviews and all of that. And then Hence, and then, and then this parenting aging parents just sort of 
came calling, I guess. Well, it's, it's a blessing. And listeners, uh, the first thing I want to do is direct you all to their Facebook page. Can you tell us, um, it's just growing. It's helping so many people. How can listeners find you? The easiest way to get there is actually just to go to the website, which is parentingagingparents.com. And right there on the homepage is a button to click on that takes you right to the Facebook group. So you don't have to go searching around on Facebook to find it. And there are just a couple of questions so that we know it's a real person and not a a bot or something Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to join the community. And it is amazing to see how people are able to support each other, share just sometimes like quirky little suggestions that things that you might not have thought of that can be so beneficial and or some really important resources and things like that that people can share as well. And a lot of times just being able to vent because it can be so tiresome, frustrating and just overwhelming with what you're going through. Yes, it, it can be completely overwhelming. We're, we're in the midst of that right now, with, mainly with some friends about um, where are they going to move their mom, uh, how to help. Mike, you even mentioned, I think, something about just, tech, tech, just technology, just how to help with that and some different things that I've seen on that Facebook site. And I, I really loved some of the encouragement that I was seeing from, from people just reaching out to each other. So thank you so much for starting that. Um, what made you decide to start pa- parenting aging parents? You know. Hey, dog lovers, that's a shout out. That must be a yeah, dog. That's that right. is a shout out. All of my <laughs> listeners know that I love dogs. I have a therapy group in Tulsa and I have two dogs and we love to serve. So that just makes it a little more, you know, my dog lovers know that you're dog people too, right? Yes. And, and of course she was napping so quietly and nicely until we started talking and then she just wanted to be part of the conversation, I think. You know so. what? It's okay. We are just a real deal podcast here. So it's Oh my right. goodness. She's our youngest. That's what, that's what happens with when you have your young, you, young youngest child. You got to tell us what kind she is so we can at least um, envision her. She's a Chewini. Okay. And she is adorable. She's black and has a little, although she's 10, so she has a little gray around her mouth and around her eyes mm-hmm. now, but she is, she's much more dachshund-like looking in her body, but cute little, uh, cute little face. Yeah, we run, all have the gray. We all have the gray yes. and our eyes are changing. So she's right there with us. Yes, right? yes, yes. And she kind of, yeah, she kind of rules the roost around here. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah. That. Especially with no kids at home anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all her, all her. So we have okay. two of those. Well, um, tell me just what, what made you decide, you know, you had these great careers and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to start um, this parenting aging parents and tell me how it started. You know, my mom has Alzheimer's and watching what's happened to her over the last 10 years, because Alzheimer's is such a, a slow disease. And as it's gotten worse and worse, and my sister and I can miss my dad that they need to move out of house into independent living. And then after a few years in independent living, we said, you know, mom's Alzheimer's is getting worse. We need to start looking at memory care and you have to be behind 100 percent, but we have to start looking. And he was very upfront and said, I trust you. Y'all go find what we need to do. And let's, let's figure it out. So my sister and I went and looked at four places, four memory care places, very close to the independent living place where they live up near Dallas, Texas. And it, we felt we were prepared because, you know, we have copies of the will and power of attorney, medical directive. We've talked finances with my dad. So we, we know what they can afford. We know what their you know basic income is. So we felt so prepared about everything. And 
come on, all we're doing is kind of like apartment looking for mom. This is going to be easy, right? And then we start looking at the memory care places and we're so overwhelmed because you go in and you're looking around and you don't know what to look for. You don't know what questions to ask. They start asking you questions and it's just, it's hard. And the, the, the sad thing is, is that of the four places we looked at, there was one place where my sister got just a little bit emotional as, he, as she was explaining about mom. And one of the workers came and just kind of gave her a hug. And we walked out of there saying, well, they were very nice. Yes, that, that's the one. <laughs> that's the place we picked. And that is not the reason, no offense, but that's not the reason to pick a place where you're going to live is because somebody hugs you. We got very lucky because the place we picked is great. My mom has, has been there for more than a year and they treat her great. She looks great. She's doing, doing well. Uh, but you know, she still has her memory issues. But, but because of that, I told Kim, I said, I feel like if we feel prepared and we're still so overwhelmed, then most people, no offense, but most people aren't quite as prepared as us and they have to be really overwhelmed. So I feel like if we put together some type of group to help support each other, that it could be beneficial for everyone. Yes. And, you know, a, a situation that I've been through with two good friends is that the parent with the memory issues was being cared for by a really healthy other parent, but that mm -hmm. parent passed away very yep. quickly and left and, and you had to just quickly decide how to do all this. And it was, it came mm -hmm. out of the blue. It was shocking and hard. And are you all seeing that issue? And then couple that with COVID, it's just been devastating for families trying to make decisions. Well, and I think that was part of the impetus really for Mike and his sister because their dad is in, is in good shape mm -hmm. and, but it was wearing on him yeah. just yes. physically and emotionally. And that's what we've learned so much about that. It often is the caregiver that ends up potentially getting sick or getting run down and having other health issues that they didn't have before, partly because of the weight of being the caregiver. And so we y'all started seeing that. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think that was definitely part of the the impetus. And then, you know, COVID happened and we, that was kind of a, that was really, that was really sort of a turning point, I think for your dad. Well, in January of 21, my, they both were positive for COVID. My dad got sick with COVID pneumonia and was in the hospital for three days. And because my mom was positive for COVID, I was struggling about, okay, what, what should I do? And this do was need... while she was still in independent living. Yeah, she was in independent living, but you know, I need to go up there. Somebody has to take care of mom. Mom cannot take care of herself. Right. What do we do? My sister had COVID. She couldn't do anything. My brother-in-law had COVID. He couldn't do anything. And I, I was trying to figure out, oh my gosh, well, what are we going to do? Well, and you, and I was and, thinking, well, you can't go there because they're not going to let you in because right. we, she has COVID. You yeah. know, it was just such a, such a mess that it was really so very overwhelming. And fast. Luckily, we found some home health care to go and check on her uh, three or four or five times a day for the three days my dad was in the hospital. And I would call every day and check on mom. So, mom, just checking, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I don't know where your dad is. He was oh. here. I don't know. Where. It was like, oh, mom, he's in the hospital. That's oh, really? So What's wrong? And you, know, you have to go explain things over and over and over. And we realized then that, that we can't risk something like this happening again. And we, we've got to, mm -hmm. to put her in a safe place. Because mm -hmm. well, she was not a, yeah. she, fortunately, she wasn't a wanderer. So no. they weren't worried about her leaving the apartment, but it helped us see, oh gosh, if she's just sort of sitting in her chair until somebody comes to check on her a couple of times a day, this is not an ideal situation. No. And she was in independent living, which is not set up for somebody who needs that kind of care. Yeah. No, that could be so, so frightening. And one of my friend's moms fell in independent mm -hmm. living and they didn't know about it for, you know, 
a while and she got herself yeah. back up in the chair and then they realized they needed to move her and it, it just had to mm-hmm. happen within like like 48 hours and you just mm-hmm. are not prepared. So if, if people right. come to your site, um, they can find answers to several different things. And one thing I appreciated on your site was the really ki- just a kind interview with, I believe it was your own father. Wasn't it Mike? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to my dad about, about the process because he wasn't, he's been very trustworthy with my sister and me as we've told him what we think, they need to do. But when we told him, this was about six or seven years ago, we said, we really think that y'all need to move from, they lived on a little six acre house in the country, about an hour east of Dallas. They're getting very little interaction with anybody except themselves, which is fine, except because of my mom's Alzheimer's. Dad spent his time upstairs in the proverbial study, watching the stock market all day. Mom was just sitting alone down in the, in the living room, watching TV all day. And she got no interaction because dad would wake up, take her to breakfast, come home, take her to lunch, come home, take her to dinner, come home. And it was just terrible for both of them going through all that. So we said, you need to move to independent living because it's more like a dorm situation. There'll be meals provided downstairs, go to the cafeteria. It's going to be great. Well, my dad visualizes a nursing home because my grandfather lived in a nursing home his last couple of years of life. So he's envisioning this little hospital type of room. He's like, Mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Well, we get him moved and within a couple of months, he calls me every day, but he says, son, this is the best move we've ever made. I am mm-hmm. so glad we did this. That's and it's like, good. yeah, good. You, good you, to hear. you've got to understand that. But but talking to dad about just so people understand their way of thinking, because mm-hmm. it was tough on him to do that because he was visualizing the nursing home. It was tough on him to sell the place before we moved mom into memory care. They, they sold the, we called it the farm, the, you know, the house that they lived in for so long. Uh, it, because he said, you know, at the time he said, this is so strange because I don't own anything. I don't like this. I don't own anything anymore. I'm like, mm. but dad, you still have money. It's just in the bank instead of in property. Yeah, but I just don't own anything. I just mm. don't like that. And again, you've got to understand that for us, people who are born in the, in the 60s or the 70s, it's a little bit different from people born in the the thirties or the forties, we just, we're raised differently and we look at things in a different way. So for my dad, not owning something anymore was, was major to him. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like this. So being able to talk to him about that and about the process of, of moving mom into memory care and how tough that was for him and just going through the whole process, just so that people around his age can, can see that. And so that people our age can kind of understand what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And, and know, I did an interview with my mom too, uh, <laughs> which is kind great. of great. Okay. And I just looked real quickly. So we need to have everybody go and look at those interviews because that is a blessing to be able to watch that. And, you know, mm-hmm. thinking of you having that conversation with your dad, um, we talk about with our parents that we, we try to remind them how proud we are of all that work that they did so that they are in a position to get to have some choices. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that can, to just, just kind of build them up, remind them of, of how they have set themselves up. And there's just, we all need encouragement, I think. And, you know, I was looking up some scriptures and, and Ephesians 6, 2 says, honor your father and mother. I mean, that is the first commandment with the promise and a way to honor them is just to keep reminding them of how proud we are of them. And do you have any other things that you could, could share with listeners about how to just encourage our parents during the emotional roller coaster time? 
Well, to be totally honest, I will be very transparent and say that I have to remind myself of the honor thy mother and father a lot because I get easily annoyed um, where it's like, mom, we just talked about that. Or remember it's in that drawer. And, and she does have some mild cognitive memory challenges. So I have to remind myself she's not doing it intentionally. She's not trying to annoy me. And, you know, and so just try to give my, give her grace. And I think frankly, a lot of times I just have to take a pause, take a deep breath and try to remain, just answer that question in a very calm manner so that I don't come across as disrespectful or annoyed. And I think that that for me is something that I have to do. I just did it right before we popped on for this Mm -hmm. interview because I was talking to her about something that we had just had a conversation about. So I think it's often reminding myself, she's not doing this intentionally. She's not trying to be difficult. And and I think one of the things that, that I do as well is I try to remind her that the things that we're doing to help her are to make her life easier, that we want this to be a time in your life where all you have to do is worry about going to exercise, to Domino's at three, what time is lunch, you know, just not having to worry about any of the stuff. She was very independent. My parents were divorced for a long time and she was the sole breadwinner and it was tough. And so I think that trying to remind her that you've worked really hard, mom, and now this is our time for you just to take it easy and not have to worry about those things. I think think it's hard though for for us, for for all, all kids, adult children, when something happens where the the mom or the dad or both don't like it, or they mm. want to do something different, or especially with my mom with Alzheimer's, every time I visit my mom, I can see in her eyes, she does not recognize me. I have to say, hey, mom, it's me, Mike, your son. And I, she hasn't said my name. I realized the other day, she hadn't said my name in years. And you know, she used to always call me my name. And I don't think she knows exactly who I am all the time. And when she, when I tell her, who I am, she doesn't remember, except that maybe she knows I'm her son, but doesn't remember that I'm Mike. But you can't take it personally. And that's the hardest thing. You know, whether it's it's Kim's mom getting mad about not being in charge of finances. Where's anymore. that statement? I haven't gotten it, but I don't yeah. have it. Where's my checkbook? Yeah. And, you know? and Kim's like, Mom, remember I told you. It's like, don't take it personally. <laughs> and then, well, that's hard to do. Well, and so many that's times so I think people, I I am kind of the heart person in our marriage and I have a husband with a wonderful heart, but he is such a, a head guy. And so we process things very differently. And, you know, there's a, there's a a saying, I guess people see things as they are. And so I'm also kind of a fixer. So I try to fix stuff really quickly and they don't want to be fixed. I mean, my parents don't, they just need a little grace and a little bit of, you know, I can come in and bust in the house and try to quickly help with things. And I realize this is not showing them grace at all. I'm not being the heart person. I want to fix it. And then my husband, Gordy, has said, you know, he'll just kind of rattle off. Well, you can do this and this and this, and it's very quick and it's tasks. And we somewhere in the middle of all of that with grace and love and some patience. And I love what you said, Kim, about they're not intentionally doing this. Like if we can just remember (laughs) it's not intentional. Right. Right. Uh, Well, and one question I'm looking at that I love is there are five tips you all have to prepare caregivers for the challenges ahead. I love concrete tips. So can you please (laughs) share those with our listeners? You bet. You bet. I mean, the first one is, 
this, you know, it seems really obvious, but it's your siblings and really making sure that you're on the same page with your siblings. Because when you do throw in those family dynamics, the birth order, who lives closest, who lives farthest, all of those things come into play. And the more you can have the siblings all be on the same page, just the easier it's going to be for everyone because you don't want to damage those, those sibling relationships mm -hmm. because those hopefully will last, you know, a lot longer, you know, and, and you just don't want to damage those. We had one member of our Facebook group was that was saying that she had called a sibling meeting with her, her brother and her sister and just said, spouses are not allowed. This is, these are our parents and we're going to sit down and, and talk about, you know, who does what. And so how do we play to each other's strengths mm -hmm. and help, you know, do the things that, that maybe we're better at, whether we're the heart person and we can really have that great empathy, or if we're the one that just wants to take them to all the doctor's appointments, you know, whatever it is, find, find those strengths and, and really try to be on the same page because it is so sad to see those damaged sibling relationships because of disagreements about our parents. Yeah. It helps so much to, just to be on the same page so that if you do have to make the, the decisions for your parents, you mm -hmm. get them done. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you need to talk to your parents and that's number two. And you got to talk about housing. Talk to them early about where do you want to live? What can you afford to live in? Mm -hmm. As far as are you going to live in this home? Are you going to live in a smaller home, an apartment, independent living? What can you afford? Mm -hmm. and, and where do you see yourself in, in 10 years, 20 years? Because mm -hmm. some people are so against one thing or another, mm -hmm. or some people are very open to it. Mm -hmm. So it really helps a lot. And it's kind of like what we talked about earlier with my dad. You know, He wasn't a fan of independent living because of what he was picturing. He was picturing that nursing home. But well, he's in independent living now, and he loves it. Mm -hmm. There's no way I could get. He's him like the mayor. We call him the mayor. Oh, that's the so place. good. That's yeah. wonderful. He's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so and also just knowing what they're open to. That in the case of an injury or an illness, what would they be open to? Are they? I want to live in my home, and even if I have to have a twenty four seven care around, you know, in home and know that's going to be really, really, really expensive. That's what I want. And I can afford that. Or what are they, what, what are their other options that they're open to? And speaking of which, you know, knowing what their finances are, that would be the third thing is so important. And not that, you know, not that you're trying to get all in their business, because I think that's the, that's the challenge sometimes, especially when money is involved. You know, I'm not trying to see, you know, how much money you have because I want any of it. It's, what, what are, do you have income? Do you have debt? What are the things that are going to affect your care and where you live in the future? Because those are going to really be important. We hear stories that are so sad where the parents haven't, don't, don't have the finances really to be able to care for themselves. And then what options do you have? Do you put, you know, are they on Medicaid? Do you, we've had people say, well, should I take money out of my 401k to pay for their care? And those are really challenging discussions as well, because if you take money out of your 401k, then chances are you're going to be in the same boat that they are. So there's right. just really understanding their, their lifestyle and, and what they can afford really makes some really helps in those decisions. Well, it just and, helps. Yes. And Kim and Mike, one thing I'm thinking of that I just came off this conversation with a good friend is we're all, you know, kind of in the same age group. And I love that you all suggest that anybody over 40 needs to start having these discussions. I mm -hmm. Listeners, I thought that was great on, in their promotional materials and Facebook mm -hmm. page. Um, I'm 54 and mm -hmm. some good friends and I were talking about a gentle way. A good friend of mine did this is she sat down with her parents and said, hey, you all, 
I have been watching this other friend of mine start going down the road with her parents about some questions that I hadn't thought to ask you until now. And so it kind of gave her parents a, a softer spot toward her because she wasn't coming at them like, we've got to make some changes. We have to do this. This is what I'm seeing. She just kind of conversationally said, I'm seeing this in my friend. This has been hard. And I want this to be easy for you all and for us. And I thought that was a really kind way to start a conversation like that. Yeah. Well, and some of it, I think, is also you can you can broach the subject from, hey, we've realized that we haven't updated our will since our second child was born. And so we're going to be doing that soon. Just curious. Do you, you know, do y'all where's your will and do you, have you updated it recently? And yes. things like that can be ways to help bring up that subject as well, because it, it isn't like, hey, mom and dad, we have this list of things. And do you have blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we have created a guide. Uh, that actually helps you understand and know what are all those questions and answers that you need mm -hmm. based on some of the, the five points that we're talking about today, as well as things like, do you know their iPhone password? Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk more about that, but yes. you know, just all of those things, but there are ways that you can kind of bring it up from a personal perspective, because truthfully watching and learning all that we've learned, we've cleaned up a lot of our legal stuff too, that we yeah. hadn't really thought about. Oh yeah, I guess we got a POA for our kids when they were in college because we needed to make sure that if something were to happen to them while they were in college, that we could be able to you know, be by their side. And anybody who doesn't team. know what POA stands for, can you? Power, power yes, power of attorney. Yes. Okay. And there's a durable and a medical one. And those are different and both important. Yep. And so uh, just you know, by we, we've made sure that we have that for ourselves now for our children. Our children have those. And you know, and it did remind us that we had not updated our will since our set. <laughs> what we did our will when our first child was born, and actually just totally forgot to do update it when our second Absolutely. child was born. So, we did and the that's same been, thing. yeah, that's, that's a years long time ago. ago. So, so, and then, and then the fourth point is legal. Do you have all of that paperwork and all of those necessary documents in place? Because we like to say, and we've heard this and seen this, if you wait until you need those, it's too late. Yeah. It's by the time you need a will. If you need a power of attorney for some reason, then you can't get it then. Right. You know, if you really need it, you chance are you can't get it because your your parent won't be able to to sign it or you know mm -hmm. be cognitive enough to 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 get it done. Mm -hmm. So make sure you get it done ahead of time. And so many parents that we hear about in our group are like, oh, you're just trying to take all my money. I give you a power of attorney, you're gonna take over everything. That doesn't have to be the case. It, it's not enacted just because you sign it. Mm -hmm. They can take that power of attorney, put it in their safe. And it, it just stays there. But then as long as you can get into that safe when mm -hmm. something happens mm -hmm. and then put it into effect so you can take care of any medical or financial stuff, then you're fine. Well, but and be again, prepared ahead you know, of time. This, this having these discussions in love, like imagining mm -hmm. how would we want our young kids to be talking to us? And, you know, I've told our three children and now two of them are married and told the in-laws, um, Kids, I am going to write, and this is my goal this summer. So right now we're 2022. It's kind of spring. So my hope is by the summer of 2022, I want to write a letter to my kids at the age I am now and tell them when I am in my 60s or 70s, if you start to see things, please read this letter back to me where I have given you permission to have these really hard conversations. And That's great. I love that. I really would like to do that just so that, that, 
they, it takes the burden off them a little bit mm -hmm. of what, you know, mm -hmm. I know they're going to have my best interest. And so much of the time is just if things are done where it's not honoring and you're not doing this in love, it's really difficult to have any conversation. But let me get mm -hmm. to y'all's number five point, because after legal, <laughs> yeah. what else? Yeah. So the, yeah. the last the one. The last one's the fun one. Passwords. Do you know their iPhone password in case they get in case they forget it or get locked out? Do you know their computer password in case you need to hop on and be able to pay some of their bills for them if they're hospitalized or something? Their email password to be able to get the bills if they're if they do everything online where their bills come in online, they pay everything online. Well, if something happens to them where they're in the hospital or something, then you're stuck. You don't know how to mm -hmm. get the bill or to pay the bill. And that could be, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind great of advice. And that was the thing that my friend did that I thought was so sweet is she wrote all of hers down and gave them to her parents and said, here, you know, uh -huh. I, I put this in a file for you. You may need to help me. And she said it was really kind of cool because her dad kind of sat up a little straighter and said, well, I'd mm -hmm. be happy to help you. I mean, she said he would uh -huh. not have any idea how to right. do that, but he just, <laughs> he just felt empowered. Like, you know what, this yeah. is not just a one-way street. And yeah. I thought that was really gentle and kind advice of how to, you know, mm. here's all mine. And in case you, you know, I may need you and you know what y'all, yeah. we never know, do we? That's right. Right. Well, that, that is really a neat idea because then they're going to be, it kind of takes the guard down for them to say, well, yeah, you know, I probably should give you my passwords too. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I love that idea because it, and that also, that gives them the parental role that they've always had, right. which I think that's the, the biggest struggle in this time is that we're having to take on more of that parental role when there are parents. And it's such a weird juxtaposition, if you will, of that, the, the, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's weird. And, and, and so being able to give them that, uh, I love that and that empowerment. And one of the reasons too. why yeah. And one of the reasons why I know my, you know, all my mom's passwords too, is that it's actually really helpful because I can go in and check her email and I can go in and try to delete all of those, the millions of spam emails that she gets every day that are, you know, Hey, you've got an Amazon account. We're about to close down your PayPal account. All these things that she does not know what they are or nor has any of these. And you know, but they're it's all those harder. Ones. Yes. With this, with these scams, because, you know, I see what comes into my space yes. on my computer that looks so legitimate. And I, yep. you know, I'm pretty trained and feel pretty savvy about, oh my gosh, just delete, delete. But there was one that I went almost down the rabbit trail with that I thought yeah. really would have tripped up my parents. And so how we need to help them against scams. And do you have any advice about that? Oh, we, 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 we've, we, taught, we've taught both sets of parents. Yes. Don't click, do, don't on, click on anything and just send it to us or tell us about it. My right. dad forwards me emails all the time. He'll get an email that says, uh, yeah. somebody, you your, won, your, no, your, your account's being closed. We're closing down your account. You haven't done this and this, this, and he'll send it to me. He says, son, what do I need to do? I said, dad, did you look at the return email address at the like time? It's really yeah, from <laughs> when it's a bunch of letters at gmail.com. Right. That's not a real company. Yeah. Yeah. But I will also say in all seriousness, seriousness, besides all of those kinds of things that we've done them, we, we have had some pretty significant challenges with my mom where people have gotten into her, um, into access to her computer, which then got her, got them access to her bank account, Ugh. which transferred money within her account. She fell prey to the, one of those gift card schemes where they say they're going to give you money. And then they need you to go buy gift cards for them because they don't, 
it's, you know, it makes it, it, it sounds ridiculous, but somehow it makes sense in, in a weird way too. We need you to go buy these gift cards for us. We'll give you the money. And then you just need to give us all the codes. And what they've done is they've transferred money from her savings account to her checking account. So if she checks her, if she calls the bank to check her balance on her checking account. It looks as if they did give her money, but it was really her own oh, money. Kim, that was it's just awful. A, I bet it's awful. Oh, yeah. It's awful. And, well, and tell them about the banker. Yeah. Fortunately, I am now on a first name basis with the bank branch manager of my mom's bank. I don't know the name of mine, but I know my mom's and he calls me when there is a challenge. And even one time he called and said, I just want you to know that your mom called. She was on the way to the bank to be able to withdraw money to go buy some gift cards. I told her to turn the, this was when she was able to take lift. I told her to turn the lift around and to call you. And so thank Thank goodness. goodness. Yes. Thank goodness. So I, so mom called me and, and, you know, and, and that's one of those things that you have to be really careful too, because it was like, mom, what were you thinking? You know, versus, okay, mom, I know that they're very, they're very skilled and they are trained to try to trick you. You know, they so, really are. You know, and the yes. thing that can be really scary too, is when a face is becomes friendly and all of the Facebook scams where someone has, you know, posting uh. a picture, it's not even them. And you know, you guys, uh, I know um, your time is valuable and we want to, we want to get to a couple more points before we wrap yeah. up this podcast. And yeah. I just wanted to, something that was really, um, first of all, your tips are wonderful and, and listeners can find those on your Facebook site, right? So parentingagingparents.com, we can go there, but tell a little bit about elderly dating. And you have what you need to know <laughs> may shock you. So I want to uh, I want to have that be a question, and then give you all a couple minutes to wrap up as well. We've heard some scary stories of you know yeah. a, a a woman whose dad lived in another state uh, calls and tells her that um, he started doing online dating, and you know that while that seemed fine at first, within I think it was a couple weeks or a month. Uh, fortunately her dad called to tell the daughter, Hey, uh, this new friend of mine that I met online dating wants to take over paying my premiums of my life insurance policy. So long as I make her the the beneficiary, beneficiary, which how scary. And so thank goodness the dad mentioned it to the daughter, the daughter, Oh, let's don't do that. And he realized, Oh, maybe that's not a wise thing, but I think there's with online dating. Now there's just so many things you need to just like with the scams and things like that, you just have to try to appeal to your parents. Um, I don't know, just they're, they're, you know, being rational. And, and the hard part is that when you are in, you know, think that you're in Thank love that. Yes. So I think it's just like, what protective measures do you need to put around your parents or help them see that are important, whether it's, you know, you hate, you know, a prenup or something like that, where you're just able to, to really just sort of protect, protect them. them. Yeah. Well, and I'm yeah. thinking you, you all probably have heard from some people. I'm thinking of listeners who I have many listeners who are divorced and many who are single, many who are married, but for the, the single elderly people, it may be wise just to ask if they are online dating, because it might be a question you wouldn't even think to ask. And I really appreciate <laughs> right. them yeah. covering this. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who would think that their 80 year old or 85 year old parent would be doing online dating, but you never know, you know, maybe there's, and there's even been some people that potentially, you know, other, if they are living in an independent or assisted living situation, you know, is it somebody there who is another, you know, resident perhaps who just, could be taking advantage of them again, not necessarily intentionally 
or maybe, I mean, you just never know. know. So it's like trying to figure out just like, I guess you would ask your teenager and try to get a little bit of information about their personal life. It's so similar. Yeah. 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 So you all have given us so many um, great things to think about. And the wonderful news for listeners um, is that there's more. So listeners, if you go to (laughs) parentingagingparents.com, one thing that's great about the Facebook page too is the questions that are posted seem to get answered with lots of different answers and and quickly from people all over. So you all have done a good job building that community and it's growing. Um, What are some parting thoughts that you would love to share with listeners of Empty Nest Guests? I think just acknowledging that this is hard, mm-hmm. that I think that we we sometimes get frustrated with ourselves thinking, well, gosh, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time managing all of this. You know, my kids are grown now. And although we still talk to them often and they still need our advice and, and insight and, and all of that, but just acknowledging that we've never done this before. So of course we don't know the answers mm-hmm. and giving ourselves the permission to well, let me, where can I find those answers and you know, be part of our Facebook group? It's, a, it's an amazingly supportive group. It's very engaged and people are answering questions all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> I think it's just, it's, it's just giving yourself permission to know that you're not supposed to know all the answers because you've never done this before. Yeah. I think to me, the biggest thing, and it surprised me in some ways, because luckily Kim and I have been together for 30 years, but, but going through this, we've been together and bouncing ideas off of each other as we've gone through different predicaments with, with parents. But so many people in our group say, I'm so glad I found this group because I felt so alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that's so sad, that, but, but, but people get into the situation where I like to compare it to having a baby because when you have your first baby, you have so many people trying to help you. You have neighbors, you have <laughs> unsolicited advice. You have, you, have, <laughs> right. you have people at work. Everyone has an idea about how to make little Johnny burp better or sleep better or walk better or crawl better or whatever. It's it's so much fun and, and you learn along the way. I agree. But when you have a when you have an aging parent going through bad things and it's only going to get worse, basically. No one likes to talk about it mm-hmm. and no one likes to come up and say, Hey, my mom has incontinence. Let me tell you how to deal with exactly. that. No, you just don't. You just don't talk about that. And you so know, everyone I is that. It's kind of in um, silence. Mike, I, yes, I agree with you. And I appreciate that. And my friends that have been so honest about the, the awful and the sad kind of mm-hmm. open up for the rest of us to be authentic about how we can mm-hmm. do this as a community. And I appreciate yeah. my friends that have been, you know, transparent and, and mm-hmm. shared because, and you have a lot of that transparency in that Facebook site, oh, yeah. which I appreciate. And, and that, that was truly why we created the Facebook group is we wanted to help people feel like they weren't alone and they can feel like they have others. Because I think just naturally, we just don't think to even tell our friends what we're going through because we think they won't understand. Yeah. And it's depressing. It, well, it some is. Of it, is yeah, it is depressing. Yeah. yeah it's not, it is. not but, you don't like to brag about yeah, it. Yeah. But, but, it, but the truth is, is that if you're in any group of people around our age, you know, 40 to 60, really, and you said, hey, what's going on in your family? Every single person has a story. And everybody is dealing with it, whether they've already dealt with it, they're currently, or they know that it's something that's in their near future. And the interesting thing that I find is that while there are developmental you know, expectations in children of you, know, you do things by a certain age, generally, with our aging parents, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes. You have a 90-year-old that's running marathons and another 90-year-old that's you know, bedridden or even a 70-year-old. So I think that's the challenge is that we just don't always realize that even my younger neighbor may have a mom or dad that's actually in in having more health challenges than my mom who's 80 yes. because it just you just never know when that's going to happen with with each with each person and so it's feeling 
knowing that you're not the only one, we just have to be willing to talk about it. Well, you've given a wonderful uh, space for that. And as we, as we get ready to wrap up, it was, um, I I pray a lot before these podcasts, before I get going. And I was on my way driving over to my studio and I was like, okay, what are some other things that I want to offer? Just recently, a friend of mine does not have her mom in the state where we live, but a woman who used to help take care of a lot of us that play golf is now in an assisted living and she had no one. And Mm. her, she was in kind of a situation where her family just kind of dumped her off there and she's been left there. And so if, if any of you that are listening can get to know the people, like if you go see your parents and you know that someone's alone, that what came to me is when I used to ask my kids, Hey, please go sit by the kids at the lunch table that have no one. Yes. Yes. You know, this is my free advice. I would just say if any of you are, are visiting aging parents in assisted living or, and if you know that any, any kind of just a stop by or a hello, we can, we can pick up some and help along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it has been wonderful to visit with you all today. And a scripture I want to leave all the listeners with. I know there's so much more we could talk about. And listeners, that's what's great is you can go to their their Facebook. When you go to their webpage, um, you'll also be directed. There's some YouTubes that are great to watch. What else do you all have uh, where people can find more resources? If the, the website is the, is the best place to go right. to see all the dozens of interviews that we've done and the link to the Facebook group. We are also on LinkedIn, uh, but the, but the website is the kind of the direct place to go just about every, with all of so what we're doing. And, and you all, that'll be in the show notes and a scripture that I want to leave everyone with before we sign off is, um, oh, and two things. Um, I'll read the scripture and then I want to share one more thing. Deuteronomy 31 says, do not be a afraid or discouraged, the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. When you feel like you are all alone in this, please know we can always petition to our heavenly father to just please go ahead of me today and help me with this as it feels like you're on your own. You're not. So I hope that scripture's encouraging. And then I had almost forgotten that I wanted to direct listeners to the YouVersion Bible. If you put in on your YouVersion Bible, Amazing Grace and Loving Aging Adults, I have a devotional reading plan that's been published that's there. Um, I wanted to offer some encouragement for people there. So that'll be in the show notes as well. And listeners, please feel free to reach out to... um, Kim and Mike, and you'll see other people that are chiming in. And we just are just grateful for this conversation today. Thank you. Well, it's been our pleasure. Uh, yeah, thank thanks you for having both us. so much. And again, parentingagingparents.com. Listeners, thank you for listening to this episode today. If you haven't, please subscribe. And until then, stay healthy and hopeful and more um, wonderful podcasts with great guests are coming your way this year. So thank you all for tuning in.